You're with ABC Radio. My name's Nick Healy, with you for the next couple of hours. I want you to cast your mind back to the start of the year. We had some pretty sad news to kick off 2022. Betty White, obviously the beloved TV and film actress, dying just weeks before her 100th birthday. And of course, just weeks before a documentary about her life was supposed to air. It was called Betty White, 100 Years Young, a birthday celebration. I know friends and family of hers have come out of the woodwork commenting that dropping out just before that aired would have absolutely tickled her sense of humour. What we've learned really recently is that Betty had actually suffered a stroke just six days before she died, and that's what was officially given as her cause of death. It made me curious to talk a bit about the signs of a stroke, how we spot them in ourselves, how we spot them in others, and what we can do about them. Professor Bruce Campbell is the chair of the Stroke Foundation Clinical Council. Bruce, how are you? G'day, Nick. Good to be with you. Now, give me an idea. How common are strokes in Australia? In Australia, about 27,000 people have a stroke for the first time every year, and that means there's almost half a million people living having had a stroke, and one in four of us will have a stroke at some stage in our lifetime globally. Now, that is incredibly common. Do you see when we get famous people like Betty White that you get a, a bit of a peak in the interest on people talking about strokes? It does tend to prompt some interest, which is a good thing because it's something that we all need to know about uh, to be able to recognise it and also to take some steps to prevent it. We'll talk about the recognition and steps in just a second. I was just hoping if you could correct me on what I've been told is a common misconception uh, that strokes only happen in elderly people. Is that right? It's correct that it's a misconception. So a stroke can happen at any age. It does get more common as you get older, but even babies in the womb can have a stroke. Um, so um, young people do have strokes. The causes are often a little different to as you get older. It's the more traditional cholesterol plaque building up in arteries and things like that, but um, yeah, it can happen at any age. So when we just, well, I guess maybe stepping back, what is a stroke in that case? It's a problem with the blood supply to the brain. In the majority of cases, it's a blocked blood vessel, so there's a lack of blood getting to part of the brain. And in about 10-15% of cases, it's a burst blood vessel and there's actual bleeding into the brain. So I want to tackle this from, I think, a couple of directions. Start with the signs to watch out for as an individual. If we're having a stroke, what are some of the things we would notice about ourselves? The message we like everyone to learn is what we call FAST, which stands for face, arm, speech and time to call triple zero. So the face, the sign is that it's droopy. The mouth is drooped. Uh, The arm can't be lifted up equally. Um, Speech is slurred or incomprehensible or the patient can't understand you. You can't understand what's going on. Uh, And then T is time to call triple zero because if you get urgent medical care, we often can make a big difference to how things end up. How important is that urgent care? What difference can it make? If you've got a blocked blood vessel in the brain, we have good treatments, either clot-dissolving medicines or physically removing the clot with a minimally invasive procedure called an angiogram, some people might know about from heart attacks. Um, so you, you can make a huge difference if you get early treatment, and that's why we emphasise calling AAA. Bruce, um, you mentioned the confusion and the slurred speech. Are, are we likely to have an awareness that something is wrong if we're personally having a stroke? It varies. Some people, with depending on which part of the brain's affected, won't be aware at all. In fact, some of them will vehemently deny that there's anything wrong with them, which can be difficult for the relatives mm. trying to call 
an ambulance. But yeah, in many cases, people will notice that their arm's not working properly. And what we don't want them to do is say, oh, that's odd. Let's go to sleep and see if it's still like that in the morning, because then you've completely missed the opportunity for treatment. So um, recognising that one side of the body's gone weak, that the speech is slurred, uh, vision, sensation, pretty much anything that comes from the brain, that the face-arm speech uh, is involved at least one of those things in most significant strokes. But are there strokes where we wouldn't see that or we'd see that later? I mean, are are there minor strokes or silent strokes that can occur? You can have a stroke and not know about it, but that's relatively uncommon and certainly not likely to be a big event. Um, So most of the time, a facial droop or an arm weakness or slurred speech or something else like vision going off or uh, loss of sensation can also be a sign. You said before how how that incredibly important it is to make sure that you're getting treatment as fast as possible. I do seem to remember about a year ago or more, a bit of a push towards making sure that there was telehealth education around strokes so that doctors in regional areas could, could react incredibly quickly. Yeah, Australia's gradually getting on the program of that. Victoria's got a very well-established telehealth network uh, for seeing patients in in rural areas, and New South Wales is rolling out rapidly. Uh, So there's a lot of places in rural New South Wales where you can get telehealth expert stroke care. Um, South Australia also, Queensland's not quite there, Western Australia's not quite there. Northern Territory has a a sort of ad hoc system with Adelaide of all places. Uh, It's a long way away. Um, But yeah, so uh, New South Wales people listening uh, out there certainly will have access to telehealth and a stroke expert um, from the the city able to dial in and have a look and, and give advice. Bruce, what about post-stroke? You know, let's say that we've we've seen the signs, we've got treatment. What's our life likely to be like? Again, it really depends on how much of the brain's been damaged and which part of the brain's been damaged. There are some people that you'd look at and you wouldn't know that they'd had a stroke. Um, that doesn't mean they're functioning entirely normally, but you know, they may not have obvious weakness or speech issues or a facial droop. Um, a lot of people do have problems after stroke, uh, the physical problems of mobility, um, communication, obviously. Um, some people can't drive because they've lost half their visual field. Um, uh, and then there's a lot of other symptoms like fatigue and depression that are quite common after stroke. What about other cognitive concerns? Are there any? Absolutely. I mean, you, every, your brain does everything you think. So um, you know, people might lose their ability to calculate or they might lose their ability to plan. Some people might be physically capable of making their toast in the morning, but they just can't sequence the activity. So yeah, it can certainly have cognitive effects. But Bruce, is there a way to reduce our likelihood of a stroke? Yeah, so the traditional risk factors for cardiovascular disease, things like blood pressure, uh, diabetes, smoking, cholesterol, are all just as relevant for stroke as they are to heart attack. And for us with stroke, blood pressure is actually the biggest risk factor. And it's one of those tricky things that you don't know you have high blood pressure unless you measure it. You don't feel unwell from having high blood pressure. In fact, if anything, you feel unwell from having low blood pressure, but uh, you, you have to get it measured. So go to your pharmacy or your GP, make sure you've had it checked, know what the numbers are. We want the top number, less than 140, um, and uh, they, that can be customised a bit for different people. But in general, um, a top number less than 140 is a good place to start. And look, we've busted the myth that it only happens to older Australians, but is there an age group where it's more likely? It certainly gets more common as you get older. All those things we talked about, the damage to blood vessels that allows clot to form, uh, does tend to accumulate. The, the issues in younger people are often 
injury to an artery, so a tear in an artery. We've had cricketers um, who've had you know the ball hit them in the neck and it's torn the artery and that's caused a stroke. Um, and you know the people who have heart problems that they may have been born with and not know about, so you can form a clot in your leg, a DVT, that economy class syndrome. Usually that would get filtered out by the lung, but if you're one in four people who's got a little hole in the heart, um, that can cross across and go to the brain. So there's there's a different sort of group of causes in, in younger people, but um, certainly possible to have a stroke. And we have to be careful because if you turn up to the emergency department as a younger person, people often think of drug intoxication and other mm. things before they think of stroke. So that can be a problem getting the right treatment quickly? Yeah, it's all about recognition. You've got to, you've got to have it on the radar to recognise it. So, Bruce, I think more broadly... I'll... Is the likelihood of doing well after a stroke, are we doing better as time goes on around the country? Absolutely. So um, in 1995, we had clot-dissolving treatment established as something that was helpful, and that came to Australia in 2003, and it's gradually uh, expanded. And in 2015, we showed that going in with an angiogram and physically removing the clot was incredibly effective for people with a large blocked blood vessel. So it's not everyone, but the most severe strokes that cause the worst disability are now often very treatable if you get in quickly. So we have people who can't move one side of their body, can't talk or understand. Um, they get the treatment and then they can walk out of hospital a few days later in some cases. Again, don't want to oversell it because no. there are many people who have disability, but it certainly has reduced the disability burden dramatically from that early treatment. Well, that is fantastic news. Bruce Campbell, thank you very much. Professor Bruce Campbell, Chair of the Stroke Foundation Clinical Council. Hopefully that's given you something to think about and something to look out for as well.